27 and one half minutes after the hour, it is a uh, was a, was a therapeutic Thursday. Now a theological Thursday, as we're joined by Pastor Robbie Pruitt, Anglican pastor who who abides. I love that word abide. I hardly ever get to use that word. Abides in in uh, Virginia, Ashburn, Virginia is his home. Ch- a church in uh, Fairfax. He's a member of the board of Preserving Bible Times, and maybe. Well, you know, we we lost Doug Greenwald in 2019, and he was had been been the the head of the organization for like 20 years, wow. and Robbie was selected to replace him. Big shoes to fill, and he's mm-hmm. doing a magnificent job with that organization. So, thank you for all your efforts there. What a what a tremendous uh, blessing that ministry is to, to to Christians everywhere, with the whole emphasis on context. And we're glad to have you this morning. We missed you last week. It was a joy and privilege to be with you, and thanks for having me on. And I've hardly replaced Doug, but certainly trying to pick up some of the the pieces and, and keep things moving forward. Uh, he's irreplaceable. What a gentleman he was, and what a scholar he was. And we, we benefit from his work yet today at Preserving Bible Times. It's there for for streaming and, and e-books to download and uh, all kinds of things there. So preservingbibletimes.org in case you're interested in visiting that website. Robbie, you've been, been uh, kind of loitering in Romans 12 for the last three or four weeks. Um, there's a lot there, so I understand t- spending the time there. And today you're weaving in some 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 things from Corinthians and from Galatians, and we're talking about the Spirit, which is a, 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 an interesting topic for me because that element, that that third of the Trinity, although it's I hate to call it a third because it's really everything together is one, but but God's Spirit itself seems to get short shrift in in all the sermons i hear so i'm I'm glad we're touching on it and and you're enlightening us now the fruits of the spirit um that's a term that i guess paul chose i'm not sure i always suspect english translations but i imagine it would be hard to misinterpret the word fruit and and it applies here doesn't it it's it's the the fruits of the spirit the benefits of the gifts of um, what's the difference between the gifts and the fruits? There's two different uh, two different chapters here in two different books. Well, yeah, we're in Galatians when we're talking about the fruit of the Spirit, and that's you know often said that that's singular, also written by Paul, um, Galatians, mm-hmm. and we're talking about the fruit of the Spirit in Galatians five twenty two through twenty three, and it's love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self control. This is the fruit of the Spirit. But also we're talking about uh, the gifts of the Spirit when we're talking about Romans. So a lot of folks don't realize that the the gifts of the Spirit show up several times and in several places. There's debate on how many how many gifts of the Spirit there are. Some say seven, some say 11, some say 12. Uh, but those lists can be found in several places in Scripture. We find them in 1 Corinthians 12, 4 through 11. And many people don't realize, I mean, it's been, gosh, you're right, it's been weeks that we've been in the book of Romans, just talking about Romans 8, Romans 12. We've been looking through the book of Romans. And Paul gives several lists of, of the gifts of the Spirit, including Romans 12. So, in Corinthians, we have words of wisdom, word, words of knowledge, faith, gifts of healing, miracles, prophecy, distinguishing between spirits, tongues, 
But then when you get over to, to Romans 12, 6 to 8, Paul has a shorter list, and he talks about service and teaching. We were just talking a little bit about is that a problem? Is that a problem for especially the, the liturgical or, or the, the traditional church? And I'm talking, you know, the high church, Catholics and Anglicans and, and, and uh, the Church of England. And, because Paul wrote these books over a number of years. Do you suppose he referred to what he said before? Before he said it again, I don't think so. I think he wrote what was on his heart and is on his mind at the time, and so right. some variation should be expected. And don't be nitpicking the stuff. Right, and, and something as simple as like service in Romans twelve, um, it, it, there's really no mention of of ministry in Romans twelve. But some have taken like the word service, the the spiritual gift of service, to mean ministry, and of course teaching and encouragement exhortation and we were just talking about Doug Greenwald and Doug Greenwald was a master teacher i mean his 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 spiritual gift was clearly teaching and actually he founded preserving bible times because he came across a pastor who had him do a spiritual gifts assessment and when it came back high on teaching he basically gave him the book of john to teach and Doug had said, well, I don't know anything about teaching. Uh, Jesus had 12 disciples. I think I'll go get 12 commentaries on John. <laughs> he thought mm -hmm. it was good enough for Jesus, and it's got to be good enough to, to teach. If I, if I had 12 commentaries on John and Jesus had 12 disciples, that's got to be good. And he read these commentaries and spent years teaching the book of John and realized in that moment I do like this. <laughs> mm -hmm. I'm gifted. That, that that spiritual gifts assessment was right on point. I have the spiritual gift of teaching, and and off he went. I mean, the rest of Doug's life was was teaching the Bible. And I remember his, his story too, because he was teaching at the University of Michigan. He and, and his wife Nancy lived there at the time and were involved with campus ministries. And he 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 was assigned to to teach. I think it was grad students uh, the Book of John. And he noticed after a while that that people were not enrolling in the class in great numbers. The growth had slowed down. It was just kind of kind of plateaued, and it concerned him. And so he talked to a friend who gave him the advice, you know, Jesus never asked you to count disciples, only make them. In other words, don't sweat the small stuff. Keep teaching what you're doing. You're, you're building the kingdom here. And uh, and he went on to do that, and 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 was and, and I'm I know he traveled the country with his Bible Live weekend seminars, three day seminars. Sometimes there were hundreds of people. Sometimes there were ten, twenty, thirty. He was never disappointed. And yeah. he did some great, yeah, I mean, great teachers teach. That's what they do. Yeah. I mean, if it's one person, if it's if it's two hundred people, I mean, teachers are going to teach. Uh, do you gentlemen know uh, what your spiritual gifts are, David and Jim? You know, we did a, I, I did a, a kind of a, 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 kind of like a Myers-Briggs, yeah, but it didn't have to do with, with things of the spirit, you know, it had to do with leadership yeah, traits. We, we took one, uh, where we were, uh, this is probably four or five, maybe six years ago in, in church we had, uh, there was a, an effort by the minister or the council or both to find the spiritual gifts of, of the individuals and and um, then they were uh, sending out the questionnaires and I don't remember what mine was. Hmm. I'd have to yeah, look for it. I'd, I'd look around for it. 
Yeah, most okay. people don't know what their spiritual gifts are, and th- there are formal assessments. One of the mm-hmm. famous right. ones is the network assessment, and certainly you can read those lists and just see what you're gravitating t- towards. For instance, mm. if you come across the word administration, <laughs> and that mm. just makes you cringe, <laughs> that's probably not your spiritual gift. But if you come across like the word hospitality, and it warms your heart, and you can think about the last time you had a, people over your house for dinner. Is this one well, of the things you could do online? Sure, absolutely. Oh. There, there are tons of free spiritual gifts assessments and applications that you can hmm. download and do online. There's websites you can go to, and I would encourage folks to do it, but I would also begin with the text. I mean, I wouldn't... I couldn't be a part of preserving Bible times without uh, emphasizing the text comes first. You know, mm-hmm. we don't first ask what a passage means to us until we first ask what it means to its original hearers. So we want to go to the text first and familiarize ourselves with those gifts. And so there's another list, a smaller list in, in Ephesians, and there's some debate of whether or not that that list is actually just for pastors, and that's uh, what's called apostles prophets, evangelists, shepherds, teachers. They call it apest. So uh, this idea that, um, and, and Paul illustrates this in Ephesians, and uh, where there's these specific gifts that, that he, he talks about there. And my, me personally, I, I take these spiritual gifts often, these spiritual gifts assessments. I, I teach spiritual gifts at the various churches I've been a part of, I've, I've taught the networking class, and I score high on teaching. I score high on shepherding or pastoring, and uh, these are probably my my two highest and and ministerial gifts or, and gifts of hospitality. There's also the spiritual gift of giving. Uh, we had a little banter earlier uh, before we came on air about Johnny Carson and a gift that he had given. Um, we you know, some people are hardwired to give. Now, that can certainly be money, but it can be other things as well. It can be just that you're generous in in what you're giving and how you're giving. And so, people with the spiritual gift of, of giving, it's not just that they give, it's just they know exactly how to give. They, they, they're really creative in their giving. So, teaching... Um, the fruit of the Spirit, I think, is linked. I mean, this is our, I, I would say the gifts of the Spirit is what we do, and then the fruit of the Spirit is how we do it. So, to give you an example, if my spiritual gift is is pastoring or teaching, then what's the disposition that I should be doing that in? And I would say that that's the fruit of the Spirit. I should be doing that lovingly, joyfully, peacefully, patiently kindly, um, good uh, with goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. These are the ways that we should exercise our giftedness in the Spirit through the disposition of the uh, fruit of the Spirit. And I think that these things are linked, surely. And, and I think you're right, Jim. I think that Paul isn't necessarily, you know, pulling up the exact list when he's talking about the gifts of the Spirit or the fruit of the Spirit, which is why these these lists are different and they vary. He's just emphasizing that we are all gifted 
and that we should exercise our gifts. Question about Paul. He had his his, his conversion experience, if you, if you want to call it that, on the road to Damascus. And he, he turned his, his life around, did a 180, and, and, and became the apostle to the Gentiles. And he, he, he went to Rome and Italy, a much different teaching environment than, say, Peter had in Israel with, with, with monotheism and Jews and the, the whole Hebrew tradition. Do you suppose that he grew, Paul grew with his experiences there too? In other words, the Spirit led him to, uh, to, to know his, his gifts and his talents because he, he was there for, what, what figure, 30 years maybe before his, his execution by, by Nero? I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I think that's a good point to bring up. I think a lot of people think that we're hardwired with certain spiritual gifts, and you're going to stay. You need to stay in your lane. <laughs> you mm, know, yeah. these are these are the three. <laughs> um, it, it's not that I am, you know, a pastor or teacher and can't do administration. I mean, I just spent the morning doing household administrative tasks to manage my household. So it's 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 not that I'm not good at that. It's not that I can't do it. It's just that uh, that's not my primary default or what gives me life. Um, and, and and you you brought up the Myers Briggs that you've done something like the Myers Briggs. It, it's it's kind of like the default disposition that you have. So to apply that to Paul, I mean, I think it, clearly we could make some assumptions about Paul's life and ministry. I would make the assumption that his uh, spiritual gift of leadership is probably through the roof. I mean, if you, you think about how he planted churches and started churches, but I believe that this cr- cr- former Christian killing Saul probably developed the pastoral gift of the Spirit. I, I believe that the Spirit of God moved mightily in him and in He's a pastor. I mean, he's plant, He's a church planter. He's planting all these churches. But clearly, he's he's got a leadership gift right out from the onset. Well, given all the, the, the physical challenges he faced from traveling on, on foot for years and years through hostile territory and, and, and stonings and beatings and, and riots and, and continuing in his mission, surely he grew through all that yeah. and was not yeah. the same Paul in, in, in the 60s as he was in the 40s A.D. What, is, what are the, the fruits and, and the, the gifts of the Spirit have to do with one's calling? That's good. I mean, that's a good question. What is calling? I mean, calling, has, it's been said that calling is where my greatest gifts or passions overlap with the world's greatest need. Hmm. So, so you, 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 take, you take who you are, how you're hardwired, certainly your personality you and you mentioned the Myers Briggs that's another great assessment we're we're hardwired with a disposition like I'm I'm an ENFP so I'm extroverted I'm intuitive um, I'm a feeling and perceiving uh, other you know people who have this personality type are like Robin Williams mm-hmm. <laughs> you know the comedian mm-hmm. and uh, you know so, and, and a lot of cult leaders freak you know that's scary <laughs> a scary thought but have my my personality uh, disposition 
So certainly we're hardwired with our personality. Some of us are introverted. Some of us are extroverted. Some of us are thinkers. Um, some of us are, are, you know, judging or perceiving. But we're, we also have like a spiritual gift. We've all been given, we, you know, usually top out with about three that we are, you know, the primary. And I mentioned that mine's, you know, shepherding gets locked in with pastoring or leadership. Some Sometimes those things will go together. Mine's teaching. So, you know, what's the world's greatest need? I mean, I, I think the world's greatest need is to understand the gospel, to hear the gospel. Well, what's my greatest passion? Well, it's to teach and to shepherd people, to disciple people, to lead. So, that's probably where I should be spending my time. You well, know, that's I mean, probably, that's why I love coming on to the broken road. I mean, what, what, what gets me up out of bed in the morning on a Thursday to talk about God and His Word on on air, and to know that people will be listening to this and potentially benefiting from it, I mean that lights my fire. That motivates me. Hmm. So calling is where our where our design and the world's deepest need overlap. So what's your passion? What's your giftedness? What's your personality? What do you love to do? What gives you energy? And then what is the world's greatest need? And where those two things overlap. Well, that's that's where you that that's where you should be camping out. Do you need to go take tests? Do you need somebody else's advice? I mean, that that can't hurt. Yeah. Well, I suppose it could hurt. You know, depending on who you go to and, yeah. and who, you, who you trust. I'm looking at um, one of the uh, one of the inventories you just talked about. It's on the focus in the family. Yep. And and it's um it's it's like twelve pages, but you you have to print it off and then mark on it. But yeah. The, but they have. They have two different um, two different inventories, one that you take yourself, and another one that somebody else takes. Somebody else that knows you That's takes right. for you, and and then they, and you combine the two lists. That would be interesting. Yes, and that's kind of the network. Uh, I mentioned the networking class, one of the most mm. famous books. Uh, I think Willow Creek may have put that out one, once upon a time. Um, but the networking class gives you three assessments that you give to people who are close to you. So mm. not only do you take it, but three other people take it. And then you compare and see, you know, clearly if like I think my gift is giving and everybody else thinks that's a zero, <laughs> then maybe I'm wrong about that. Maybe mm -hmm. I think I'm more generous and creative in my giving than I actually am. Perhaps you have the gift for self-delusion. Yeah, we, we have we have blind spots. And here's the thing about Christianity. Anytime we're talking about anything of the Bible, anything of Christianity, it's not something we do by ourselves. We we do church is a body, it's a community. And by the way, that's the context of Paul's talking about the gifts, not only in Romans, but in Corinthians twelve. Paul is emphasizing that we are one body, many members, Jesus is the head, and we're all working together. So, in other words, you can't say, well, I have the spiritual gift of hospitality, therefore I just like to throw parties, so my gift is useless. You can't say that. I mean, we the body needs you. Because the person who loves to give huge chunks of money could care less about party planning, but he'll give you the money to let you do it. Mm -hmm. And so that's important. I mean, I, I was just telling this story the other night. I was teaching on Romans 12 at Shepherd's Heart Anglican Church where I pastor. 
And uh, we were talking about this bike ministry that's been going for three years. Mm. Well, somebody had the spiritual gift of giving, and he gave us our first gift outside of my personal funds of $2,000. And he just gave it in one lump sum. And this guy just said, hey, thanks for what you're doing. That guy doesn't fix bikes. I do. But but he gives money, <laughs> which is mm. great. And mm. so the the whole bike ministry couldn't literally, pardon the pun, couldn't couldn't roll forward, couldn't roll on without that spiritual gift of giving. So we all need each other, and that's also why we can't be by ourselves thinking, well, what are my spiritual gifts? Because gifts are to be given. So if you're not in the body, if you're not in the church, if you're not sharing your gift then it's not a gift at all. Remember, it's not a gift until you give it. Mm-hmm. It's not a gift until you receive it. That's, right? that's so, the other side of the coin, too. You have yeah, to remember that. Yeah, so we, we are to, we are, the gifts are not for you. They're for somebody else. I mean, they were given to you. They are spiritual gifts. God gave them to you as a gift. But what if, what if you came over my house and I threw a birthday party and you brought me this huge box, you wrapped it up beautifully and you gave it to me. And then the next year, I invited you over to my birthday party again and you brought me a, a gift. And, and I said, thank you for coming to my birthday party and bringing me this gift. I still got the one you gave me last year. Isn't it beautiful? Mm. Wrapped up. You would think I was crazy sitting on a gift for a whole year and not opening and using it. I mean, that's that's madness. Gifts are to be opened. They're to be not only received. Number one, you have to receive the gift. Number two, you have to open the gift. Number three, you have to implement the gift. So if we just sit on the gift and don't use it, really it's no gift at all. I used to use the example of of, uh, watching a truck pull up outside your house and unload a shipping container in the front yard. With had an had an invitation to to see what's inside, and he just drove off. Would you not be curious? Would you not find out what's inside that? Yeah. And of what what possible value it might be to you, or would you just call the cops? You know. Yeah. 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 All the kids are unhappy on Christmas morning if they don't go out under the tree and open up the toys and play with them, right? Mm-hmm. So I think a lot of Christians are unhappy because they're not they're not opening the gifts that they've been given and using them. I think that that's part of our misery in life is that we're not living purposefully. We're not engaging these gifts. Lots to learn. And, uh, and, and it's, it's really the whole of Paul writings that, that teaches us. It, it, so, it, you know, there are, there are experts in Romans. There are people who specialize in, in individual books, even chapters, of, of books, and uh, I think being a generalist is, is part of the key here. Don't get locked into to one thing. You can have your favorites, uh, but you need the whole package, and, and that includes the Old Testament, doesn't it? Yeah, absolutely, and people are using their gifts in the Old Testament as well. They might not be labeled or listed as Paul does in regards to the church, but clearly Moses had a shepherding leadership uh, gift. I mean, clearly Moses is leading and shepherding. And, and clearly, I mean, you can see hospitality, you can see helps, the gifts of help and the gifts of encouragement. So again, check these gifts out. I mean, there are varieties of gifts of the same spirit, Paul says in 1 Corinthians 12. There's uh, varieties of service, there's varieties of activities, 
and the gifts are, are you know clearly uh, empowering us. There's the gifts of uh, for the common good, the wisdom. You know, certainly you want to go to wise people to receive wisdom, knowledge, uh, faith. Some people have the gift of faith, gifts of healing, uh, miracles, prophecy, distinguishing or discernment between spirits, uh, gifts of tongues. I think my wife has the gifts of tongues. She speaks Creole, French, uh, Polish, and English. Mm -hmm. I'm working on English, but, but that's just it. I mean, that's not my gift. My gift is not tongues, but hers is. She knows three languages, four languages. You know, later this afternoon, you and I will be talking live on Facebook. Yeah, absolutely. About a new Preserving Bible Times product. It's an audio book, and it's a book that was written by Doug Greenwald, and it has to do with a subject that we here in the West know little about, and, and you mentioned shepherding and pastoring. Mm-hmm. How much do you know about sheep, for example? How yeah. much do you know about what a shepherd really has to do, in, in, especially in Bible times in the Middle East, because it was a different kind of shepherding than in most other areas of the world? And it relates to so many things that Jesus said and did, and and the the whole shepherding um, allegory through the Bible. Uh, it just goes right by you until you know some of the details about what shepherding really involves. And uh, so I just wanted to mention that to people. And um, you know, there there are resources on preserving Bible times, including that book. It's, Doug's book is "Becoming a Judean Shepherd." It's available as an ebook. And also uh, now is an audio book. So that's something new. And then you can take a look at preservingbiblestimes.org. Um, Rob, you're looking forward to that session with you this afternoon. <laughs> Me too. Looking forward to it. It's a great book. And you did a good job reading that audio. So I'm looking forward to talking more about that on Facebook Live. Interesting perspectives there. Robbie, thanks so much again. We missed you last week. We got you back. I hope you're going to be around for a while here because this is this is just too good to, to miss every Thursday morning. Um, Robbie, again, the executive director of Preserving Bible Times, their website, preservingbibletimes.org. There's a, just a one click on our website. We'll get you there. You can take a look at what they have to offer. Lots of free stuff, some things you can purchase and, and receive immediately in the way of streaming video and uh, and ebooks so uh, Robbie take care uh, our regards to you can you can tell her in English <laughs> That's a you know thing. thanks That's for, for know. sharing your husband with us so okay Godspeed gentlemen thanks for having me week. on the broken yeah, road bye-bye. a pleasure as always thanks Robbie good to see you